You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition or the first edition of Season 2 of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham alongside our trusty, trusty intern, Connor Ayubi. Um, I was at the concert last night, or tonight is it it's still it's 11 30 still tonight i am uh, a few whiskeys deep so you're gonna have to like everyone's gonna have to bear with me um i was at the same show madison morris was at uh but she's not here so i'm just gonna let everybody um just do that what they will but uh connor i will be filling in for her i'm I'm gonna be playing myself and madison tonight okay i think we can take care of business i don't have her charm but hopefully we'll we'll try well you're gonna have to ask mike muscala a question if you're gonna be madison tonight (laughs) a little a slightly (laughs) flirty question i can i can manage that Ah. (laughs) um no and hello everybody watching on wherever i put this up um yes i'm wearing a miami heat jersey pathetic the miami heat are on their quest to 82 and 0 right now harrow had a good game I think, uh, he, I think he played pretty solid. Yeah, tonight. he uh, he outdueled John Morant. Um, no Jimmy Butler tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Oh well. No one cares about that, Connor. What they care about is the Thunder didn't look that terrible. It was it was not that bad after uh, a terrible first quarter. I don't think we should say they didn't look that terrible because in the first quarter it was ugly. Uh, they they came out of that quarter down eleven, but it easily could have been twenty plus. Um, but after that, they they clawed their way quickly back into the game in the early second quarter and looked pretty solid throughout the rest of it. Yeah, now, again, I was at the, the Guns N' Roses show tonight, um, <laughs> but there was a TV on with the game, so I kept I kept in touch with it. I looked on my phone. Um, I had all the necessary people on notification. So I was somewhat in tune with the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man. <coughs> you good? I am not good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good. We're, we're moving on anyways. We're going to move on. Uh, the Thunder are going to have to move on, but 81-1 and one is still in play. Yeah. So no worries, everybody. Um. No, what was it? Twenty three twelve after the first quarter. Uh, uh yeah, twenty three twelve. I mean, like, okay, so obviously you don't have Andre Robertson doesn't mm-hmm. play tonight, um, as everybody probably assumed. But Billy Donovan didn't he did, um, did not elect to go with the three guard lineup to start off. I believe he started uh, Terrence Ferguson. He did at, at the three the, at the three uh, SGA at the two. That to me is probably. You know, before we get into the specifics of the game, that that to me is probably going to be the baseline for this team. Is yeah. that's their general starting lineup. I, I just I never bought into them potentially throwing out three point guards out there to start off games. It just that's something that they're going to finish with, and they finished finished with it tonight. So I mean that that didn't really surprise me, but um, it just looking at the box score and kind of following along with some tweets, Terrence Ferguson. Uh, no show. He he may as well have not played. Not not particularly good against Donovan Mitchell. No, in year three, it was uh, it was not great. Uh, I don't think we expected too too much from him. Uh, obviously, like like he said, this is probably the starting lineup moving forward for the foreseeable future. Uh, in an ideal world, Andre Robertson gets plugged in. Andre Robertson gets plugged into that spot. I think that would have been a huge help for them tonight. They were really missing out on uh, a shutdown perimeter player for Mitchell uh, for Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich started off really hot. Uh, but yeah, Terrence Ferguson, you know, even, he didn't have the offensive production, which, you know, he's, he's hit or miss on that. That was something we expected, but really nothing on the defensive end either. And Donovan Mitchell was getting anywhere he wanted on the court, getting pretty much any shot he, any shot he wanted to. And, uh, he was, he was knocking him down. He took, I think 22 field goal attempts 
and he managed to knock down 14 of them. So that's 63% from the field, which uh, not ideal for the Thunder. Yeah, well, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's the type of player he's going to get his. Yeah. The thing if you're Terrence Ferguson is you just got to make it difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. Andre Robertson, whenever he's defending, um, I don't know, Clay Thompson, James Harden, uh, those guys eventually at the end of the game, when you look at their you know box scores, okay, they finished with like 28, 30 points, but Andre made it difficult for them. <clears throat> yeah, you got to got to make them work. Terrence, on the other hand, <coughs> man, I'm losing my voice. You're good. You're all right. I kept screaming "Night Train" or something <laughs> at the Guns N' Roses concert. It's an exciting night. Um, hopefully, people didn't lose their voice screaming at their TVs because they've they've probably by now adjusted their expectations. Yeah. Um, I will say. I don't want to jump too far ahead because um, I've already seen all these stories come out from the Oklahoman uh, people kind of tweeting out here and there that the Thunder have been like begging people that have season tickets to not sell their <laughs> opening night tickets on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I just give me a few minutes, Connor. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to step on. You're good. I'm going to step on my soapbox. So usually on these podcasts, usually when I'm doing my job. I've never been a big fan of sports media guy who tells fans how they should act, how they should feel, how they should react to whatever goes on with their favorite team. Like, however you want to act, that's up to you. I'm not here to pretend like I'm better than you. Let people have opinions. But for every single Thunder fan that has been on Twitter and has gone after Seattle Supersonic fans (laughs) and basically said something to the effect of, if you wanted to keep your team, then you should have showed up or you should have ponied up the dough. Thunder fans, you have every opportunity to prove that you are not a hypocrite on Friday night and moving forward because if I'm going to the game and it looks like it did in the preseason where like Loud City, there are hundreds of seats wide open, um, even down the mid le- midsection levels. If there's a lot of open seats... Send them back to Seattle. I'm s- n- not not send them back like not necessarily send them back to Seattle. Not not anything hyperbolic like that. But like really, it, it's a look at it's a look at yourself in the mirror. I agree. Situation. Um, it's going to be something that everyone's going to be taking note of as we move forward. But um, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and I know whoever listens to this is probably going to be like this fucking idiot. Like Don't screw him. Why do I have to listen to this guy? Well, I'm just look. Um, clearly I'm not rooting for the thunder with my pink ass Tyler hero Jersey on, but, um, I do want the, st- I do want like success for the state of Oklahoma and for the sports teams in Oklahoma and the thunder are very much a part of that, obviously. So, uh, hopefully people watch this game and, uh, Chisholm Holland and Aaron Davis are just down the hallway doing the uh, post game show for 107.7, the franchise right now. Tune in. And I, you know, in just the two seconds that I kind of walked in and poked my head through the door, um, Chisholm basically said, "What? Like when you're watching these games, this is what the mentality you need to have. Like, how did Darius Baisley look? How did Hamadou Diallo look? How did Shea Gildas Alexander look? How did all these young assets, these young guys that are probably going to be with the team moving forward, how do they look tonight? What mistakes did they make? Are those mistakes correctable? When they made those mistakes, did they look so blatantly loud that it probably will never be fixed?" So, I mean, Connor, I'll just defer to you since you were um, watching the game. Sure. <laughs> Let, let's just go, like, one by one. Let's start off with Shea Gildas-Alexander, yeah. who scored a career-high 26 points tonight. Yeah, I think uh, definitely keeping a long-term vision in mind is going to be pretty key for Thunder fans this season. 
but they looked competitive tonight, and Shea Gilgis Alexander was a huge part of that, probably the leading part of that, in my opinion. Uh, he had 25 points, or he he's finished with 26 points, but he hit his uh, got got his last back last basket to put him up to 25 points uh, with about four minutes left in the third quarter off this beautiful scoop shot. I put a put a video up on Twitter, but he looked just excellent for through the first three quarters. Uh, he pretty much displayed everything that we saw in preseason he was very smooth with the ball in control uh getting to his spots he does a really really good job of throwing head fakes of getting to the rim and kind of putting up these nifty little scoop shots kind of throwing a fake and getting up and under rudy gobert uh, and that worked really well for him the, for the first three quarters. Fourth quarter uh, came apart a little bit for him. He didn't play quite as much, wasn't quite as ball dominant as he was through the first three. So that was a big part of it. Didn't put up as many shots, but he was really bothered. Uh, he was still getting to the rim, still getting to the rim. So that's a positive, but he was getting to the rim and then just uh, Rudy Gobert, especially being around at the rim can get in the head of any offensive player, uh, especially a young guy like that. And he did, he wasn't necessarily blocking all of uh, SGA's shots, but he was definitely, you know, in his head a little bit, forcing him to put him up at awkward angles and it, it just stopped falling. So Shea only got uh, one more point off of a free throw in the fourth quarter. He finished with 26, which was still an excellent performance, a career high for him. Uh, would have liked to see, you know, a little bit more in the fourth quarter, maybe a little bit more of the Thunder feeding him the ball. There was a lot of uh, a lot of ISO ball from Chris Paul and a little bit from Danilo Gallinari that could have, you know, gone Shea's way a little bit. But overall, he had a he had a really solid game. Yeah, I mean, anytime someone scores a career high, you're going to think, okay, obviously there are a lot of positives. Now, what's going to bother me moving forward with uh, Shea Gilders Alexander is just. When you get down into the final minutes of these games, and like if you just look at the Thunder's roster, more games than not, they're at least going to be they're going to have a puncher's chance to make it interesting in the final few minutes. They've got Chris Paul, like okay, so this is assuming that everybody plays. Sure. So they've got Chris Paul, they got Stephen Adams, they got Danilo Gallinari, they've got uh, Dennis Schroeder, SGA. They've got a bunch of guys that you're, you're too talented to be the Phoenix Suns. So, they won by thirty tonight. It, just it, saying, <laughs> just saying. The Phoenix Suns are the back, Phoenix baby. Suns of late, not not um, not <laughs> maybe not this this not version. Currently, um, so yeah, like more times than not, they're gonna be in these games. Now, one of the few plays I did see was SGA um, go to the rim. He, to me, it looked like he had an open shot. He had an open look to the rim. And he chose to pass it up to Stephen Adams, yeah. who then went up really, and we're going to get to Stephen in a little bit. Yeah, who went up really passively and got fouled, and I believe up to that point he had missed all, either two or four of his free throws. Yeah. He hit his first one, and then clanked the 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 second one. Um, I I I understand SGA is a he's a smart basketball player. That's the smart basketball move, but. Forgive me if I kind of invoke the name of Russell Westbrook. You got to be a little bit more Russ in that situation when it's winning time. Want to see some selfishness? You need to see some selfishness. Go up there and get fouled because SGA is a guy with his length and his ability to get to the rim. Basically, it will. He's a guy that needs to live at the foul line. And to me, that's that's something that you see that mistake, and you're in. And I at least think, okay, that's going to get improved upon as we move forward in this 82 game grind. See, to me, so I, I agree with that that one play. Uh, I know what you're talking about where he where he kind of whipped it around the defender to get it over to Steven Adams, who wasn't able to finish the basket, missed the free throws. Uh, but as a general rule, I, I don't know. I feel like Shea has actually displayed a really good amount of aggressiveness. 
Uh, he's clearly looking for his shot first uh, when he's moving towards the basket, when he's kind of – he's got this nice little change of pace game where he's slow in the mid-range, in control of the ball, gets his defender uh, – not not quite lulled to sleep, but something something of that nature, like James Harden does, and then he's able to scoop past him to the rim because he's got that nice first step and just crazy long arms. Um, so I, I like his aggressiveness towards the rim, but you know he he came out and he had now the box score isn't everything, but he had one assist tonight, and that was a trend that we saw all throughout yeah. the preseason yeah. uh, with just single assist games, zero assist games. I think his high during the preseason was maybe two. I really quick, I'm wondering if that's going to change. If Chris Paul gets traded this year, I wonder if that becomes more paramount for him to be more of a, a ball handler yeah. distributor instead of cuz he's he's started at 2. Mm-hmm. So he's not really being looked at to manufacture the offense. So um, but again, like we saw that all preseason and that was a little shocking but this is a 21-year-old second year player i don't really know if it's something that i mean i don't know i don't necessarily know if we need to be harping on it sure yeah i, I definitely don't want to don't want to try and say that like oh he's he's a lost case and oh he's just uh he's just a scorer and he's never going to develop into that true uh offensive playmaker but i think i think it is definitely something to keep an eye on for sure in his development you know like brady said he's starting at the two uh even when he plays with that second unit uh, something that I wish I was seeing was that if the second unit, he gets more of the point guard duties, but really that's been going to Dennis Schroeder and he's been remaining as a, as a wing player. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not impossible for, even if you're playing the shooting guard position, even if you're not bringing the ball up the floor, it's, it's definitely not, uh, impossible. There's plenty of, plenty of guys around the league that puts, put up decent assist numbers, uh, from that spot. And even, even outside of the assists, you know, I just don't see a ton of, creative playmaking from him i don't see a lot of driving and kicking to open guys who you know maybe then swing swing and you get a hockey assist yeah uh not a lot of getting into the paint and getting a nice dump off pass he had the one to steven adams but like we said you know sometimes that's that's a questionable decision making where he maybe he should have put that shot up uh so it, it's it's something you know i i like you said we maybe not harping on it uh i don't think that he had a bad game because he only had one assist obviously oh, no. he set a career high he, he was he was excellent tonight he's the reason uh, why the thunder covered yeah <laughs> yeah definitely without without him in that game you know this this could have been a blowout early and it could have stayed that way yeah and i'm not i'm not harping on sga because this is this is an identity thing with him this is an identity thing from billy donovan on what he wants Shea Gildas Alexander to do in this offense. That's true. Now, as the team progresses through the season and the team changes, whether it be because somebody is traded, somebody gets injured, and then Shea has more responsibility, I mean, it's going to change. He's talented. I'm not worried about it. It's just something to keep an eye on. So, um, Shea obviously has a good game. Um, the Thunder, like I said, probably the reason why they were um, able to make it a game um, at all, they took the lead, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they um, they held it for a for a pretty good amount of time, actually. Yeah, and they uh, they lost it, and then they got it back. Yeah, um, which was pretty surprising, just considering it's on the road. It's in one of the more tougher arenas to get a um, victory, in in the NBA. Um, but uh, let's see, we talked about Shea. Let's let's go. Um, we've got Darius or Hami. I mean, I'm assuming Hami played more. I and I'm, I'm assuming from Twitter, Hami had the same problem that he had in the preseason, which was fouling. Am I wrong? Well, uh, see, the fouling, yeah, he that, that remains an issue for him. Um, I'm not sure exactly how, how many he had. I can check on that real quick. But uh, I actually, 
yeah, he, he put up three personal fouls, you know, so obviously not ideal, especially from a wing player. Um, he didn't do a great job, not much better than Ferguson of staying in front of his guy. Uh, he had a, he had a nice few plays where he got aggressive with him and forced forced some of the Utah players into some bad passes, but at no point was he a lockdown guy by any stretch. And we don't expect that from him, at least on this point. But, uh, Hami was actually, uh, one of the, one of the big keynote players that I wrote, that I, uh, wrote down in my notes. Uh, I really like Tommy's performance tonight. Uh, he definitely outplayed Terrence Ferguson, which isn't saying too much, but his aggressiveness uh, throughout the night, especially in the second half, though, was actually really impressive and something that I wasn't, or I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to see from him right off the bat. But he was he was driving. He had a couple of and one plays, uh, took one in the post where he spun off a guy and had a nice finish. And even down the stretch, like he hit a buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. And his play, Billy Donovan recognized it, uh, and he inserted him and had him uh, not. He wasn't in the entire down the stretch of the entire fourth quarter, but he he saw some spot minutes in and out to close the game. So uh, really promising game from Hami. I, I was I was pretty impressed by him actually. Yeah, and like um, like I told Chisholm on the last podcast on here, um, like multiple players, Paul George, Patrick Patterson, last year, um, Chris Paul, the other day. You know, every time they talk about Hamadou Diallo, they talk about, like, just the untapped star potential that he has. And, you know, when you when you look at his performance tonight, um, on the road against a quality team, one of the better teams probably in the Western Conference, which means that they're one of the better teams in the NBA. Yeah, um, yeah there's going to be a lot of mistakes. He's going to have problems with fouls. That's going to happen. And especially um, if he gets more and more playing time, he's going to be playing a lot of these high-quality wing-type players um, for the first time, because in his rookie season, he he feasted off of, you know, just energy plays. He feasted off of uh, scrubs, backup players. Yeah. This is going to be the first time we see Hamadou Diallo against, like we saw him in the preseason when he had to go up against Luka Doncic. Like, he's, he's, he didn't go up against Luka Doncic in his, in his rookie year. So there's going to be a lot of mistakes. There's going to be a lot of games where he probably picks up two fouls in the first five seconds he's on the floor. But it's all for a purpose, and it's all for him trying to learn. Terrence Ferguson had that problem his rookie year. He eventually figured it out to a point where he could stay on the floor much longer. Now, I think you mentioned, you know, Hami had a little bit of a better game than Terrence Ferguson. I don't know if it's that much of a hot take. I've always thought Hami <laughs> had a higher ce- ceiling than Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, that's it's and possible. When I tomorrow, when I get a chance to uh, basically watch the fast-forwarded version of this game. Um, based on what you told me, based on what I've seen, a uh, few highlights, based on what I've read on Twitter, I don't think that that's going to that take is going to change that much. No, I don't think so. And uh, one one thing that I really liked from Hami tonight, you know, he's in my mind, he's always been sort of a guy that thrives in transition. Obviously, he's the defending dunk contest champion, and he utilizes that, that athleticism, that that speed, that jumping ability best when he's getting out in the open court. Uh, but he really. Uh, utilized his athleticism, I think, really well in the half court today. Um, he was taking guys off the dribble, and especially on a few of his finishes at the rim, he was just had some ridiculous hang time. Where you know, he, even when he's not dunking the ball, he has ridiculous hang time. He's drawing contact, and then he finished pretty well. Uh, he finished with twelve points, uh, five of eight from the field, and only one three point attempt. He went zero of one from three, which is completely okay with me. Uh, I don't think. He's a guy who needs to be sitting out there and launching threes. I like him slashing to the rim. Uh, I like him driving in and trying to get some putbacks. And I think he he played a role really well tonight. He wasn't amazing like like Shea Gilgis Alexander was, but uh, he played a role and, and I think he did it pretty well coming off the bench. 
And I guess really quick, since we since I mentioned earlier, let's do like the three young players. Let's mm-hmm. just go ahead and get uh, Darius before we get on to Chris, and then ultimately Steven before we get to Twitter questions. Yay, we got Yay. twenty of them. Twenty of these motherfuckers. That's a, that's a pretty good amount. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. So Darius Bailey, I can just do him real quick because he. Uh, so uh, if if you listen to the, one of the preseason shows that I did for OKC eighty two, you know how much I love Darius Baisley, and that has not changed. Uh, but he was he was pretty meh tonight. You know, it's his first NBA game. Uh, he launched up a three pointer. Uh, was one of his first shots that he just airballed pretty badly. Uh, he had a couple of plays where he started driving in. You know, he started getting into kind of an isolation mindset, and then nothing really came of it. Uh, there was maybe one, maybe two highlight-worthy plays. There was one where he drove into the rim and had a really nice wraparound pass where he dropped the ball off to one of his slashing teammates who I think it was Mike Muscala who wasn't able to finish at the rim, but I'm pretty sure drew the foul. Uh, but other than that, you know, he, he was playable on defense, which is a good sign. He wasn't <laughs> exceptional. Uh, he came in and actually I was, I was expecting big things at first because when he first came in, Steven Adams up to that point had been pretty poor just in terms of uh, weak side rotations and help defense yeah. and stopping guys at the rim. And he came in uh, and Basley got a quick, it, it was either a block or like a really good contest that forced them into a tough shot. And then Nerland's got one on the very next play. And I was like, well, well damn, like, is this, is this thunder bench with uh, Darius Baisley and Nerland's Noel at the four and five going to be our best defensive interior guys? Well, really quick. Are, is the thunders bench better than the Lakers bench? Um, <laughs> that mm, is that a fair question? I don't. I I think that's a little bit of a stretch. They got a lot of <laughs> uh, they got a lot of veteran guys. We got a lot of young guys. So you know they might have a higher ceiling than the Lakers the bench. The Lakers is bench, higher. Well, because like we know like what the half, Lakers bench is, and half it's the Lakers just okay. bench is going to get traded because LeBron's going to get so <laughs> he's going to get pissed. Their, their bullshit. It's going to be so yeah. As soon as he get, as soon as he gets tired of anyone, he'll he can ship him out the door whenever he wants. So yeah, I, I mean, would not be surprised to see that. I mean, Darius is a guy that um, high. IQ type player he's going to make a lot of the the smart the the correct plays mm-hmm. um, more so than he makes bad plays because to me he, he just he's not a player that's going to um, I don't even really know how to describe this you know how Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo when they made mistakes as rookies it was because they were trying to do what they could do athletically whether it be in high school college or in the, in Terrence Terrence's case professionally in Australia what they could get away with athletically against lesser competition compared to the NBA. I mean, that shit just won't fly in the NBA. And when you try to do something athletic, when you don't really know what you're doing, it, the the mistake is much more visible and much more loud. So Darius to me, he's not a guy that's going to be making a lot of loud mistakes. It's, it's going to be a lot of mistakes where you have to intricately watch the game and see, okay, he missed, he missed a guy there. Um, he, he, pulled up for a bad mid-range jumper like this is 2019 you don't need to be pulling up for mid-range jumpers but um like that play that you highlighted um to Muscala I saw somebody uh, talk about that on Twitter about that was a great pass that was a great look Muscala just didn't finish and that's what you're going to get out of Darius Baisley he's he's going to be a guy that you asked when um what was it last week uh to Billy Donovan uh the potential for a point forward it's there yeah and not yet I've said it Four or five times on the podcast, get your Darius Baisley jerseys now while they're cheap. Everybody, um, I um, yeah, big big fan of Darius Baisley. You know, he he didn't didn't fill up the stat sheet by any means. He was only out there for, well, actually, he was out there for 19 minutes, <laughs> which I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised on the road by. He, in Salt Lake City, man. Yeah, he uh, he played and he wasn't 
he, he wasn't loud. He was not loud. He wasn't loud in a bad way. He wasn't loud in a good way. He was there and he was playable. So for game one, uh, 19-year-old rookie, it's it's not the not the worst thing in the world. Not a terrible start, you know. Could have, could have asked for a little bit more. Could have maybe expected a little bit more, but you know we're going to take it slow with him and definitely don't sell your Darius Baisley stock just yet. Should have dropped sixty. Scrub. I know. Pathetic. <laughs> Kyrie Irving dropped fifty in his Nets debut. Why didn't, why they didn't he top it? Did they lose? They lost. Oh my god! The last play was insane. Uh, yeah, I saw where he like did like a half somersault. He like fell on the ground, and, and it, they didn't call travel. No, because he, I don't know how he did it. I, I was watching this game and I, freaking out at the last play because it was back and forth, back and forth. They went into OT, the Nets versus the Timberwolves. And then that last play, Kyrie was just on fire. He'd been hitting threes and it looked like he was about to pull off just the most circus bullshit I've ever seen. He like fell on the ground, did a little half somersault, picked it up somehow and had an open mid-range jumper and just rimmed it out. But uh Man, that that would have been insane. Kyrie had a solid game, solid game with fifty points. Basketball is back. I love it. Um, I mean, should we talk that much about Chris? I mean, he was his pretty typical solid, yeah, overall solid self. Ran the offense pretty well. Um, he's he's going to be a calming force. So, um, I mean, take a shot every time yeah. I I mention Russell because, um, in the fourth quarter, so I think. Around the minute and a half mark, like Jerry Ramsey and I are like huddled around the TV upstairs um, in Chesapeake during like one of Guns N' Roses songs that we didn't really care about. <laughs> and we're watching the final few possessions and we're just standing there watching it. And I just kind of made the comment like, this is so weird to see an offense, you know, with the Thunder's jersey on in a tightly contested game and the offense is calm. The yeah. offense is run with purpose. It isn't like I'm I am the most athletic, I am the most gifted person on this floor, and I'm just gonna beat you because I'm Russell Westbrook, which sometimes that would work. And sometimes it wouldn't. And we'd always see somebody jack up some dumbass shot from like thirty feet that had no business jacking up that shot. But every once in a while it goes in. Every once in a while it <laughs> would go in, in while. and that's why Russell Westbrook is one of the best players to ever play basketball. He's going to be one of the best players that I've ever seen in person. So all power to him. But it was kind of a breath of fresh air to see Chris it was Paul. Different. Out, yeah, Chris Paul out there like running an offense where, of course, the Thunder didn't get the win. So you can kind of sit here and say, well, it didn't really matter. But um, it was a different look that I think Thunder fans are going to. It's going to take some time to get used to that when these games, when these type of games happen, like pay attention and don't turn don't turn your TV off just because they don't make a shot because. This is going to last, you know, a minute and a half is going to last about 20 minutes because Chris Paul is your point guard. Yeah, I do. So it definitely was different than having a Russell Westbrook run team. Um, it, it was a familiar Chris Paul that we saw. Maybe not the Chris Paul that we want to be seeing. Uh, he honestly looked a little bit more like his uh, Houston Rockets days. His ISO self. Very, very isolation heavy. Very isolation heavy. And, you know, that was huge for them. That was that was very vital to the Thunder staying in this game and being competitive in this game, especially early on. Uh, in the first quarter, they started off Damn. just terrible. Multiple possessions of just uh, kind of pass passive play, really sloppy turnovers, a 24-second violation. And then Chris Paul just said, screw it, I'm taking the ball and I'm going to go score. And you know he gave him one of his nifty little uh, backwards in between the legs moves with a little step back and hit a hit a mid-range jumper. And he was doing that throughout the game whenever the Thunder just could not generate any offense, which happened multiple times. There, there was times where the flow kind of stagnated and Chris Paul just got a bucket. 
so that that was crucial for them at different points, but down the stretch, uh, really kind of kept going. I, I didn't I didn't see quite as much ball movement from Chris Paul as I really would have liked to see. Uh, you know, he's there was there was one play with about uh, I want to say a minute and a half left where the Thunder were down two points, had an opportunity to tie it, and at that point, it's basically anyone's game. And Chris Paul uh, dribbled the ball for base for basically eighteen seconds. Got got caught up in the post, picked up his dribble, didn't have anywhere to go, kicked it out, and got it right back. Oh, and, and he, then he, he tried had to, to launch it, launch a corner three over Gobert. Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and he had to heave it up because the shot clock was expiring. That's not the shot he wanted, but he basically had the ball in his hands for twenty three out of the twenty four seconds on the shot clock, and uh, that's that's something that I'm you know worried. it works sometimes, and it's crucial for them sometimes to have that option, but not something that I Who, want to see. Who's consistently. on the floor in the situation? Shea, Dennis, Stephen, and Danilo. Yes, I'm really curious if like if we pulled it up right now i wonder what everybody else is doing i wonder if they're just all standing it's it's possible because uh, I mean, again this is a this is a team with a bunch of guys who have not played with each other outside of a scrimmage practices and four preseason games two and, of which were jokes yeah that first dallas game was a joke new zealand, new zealand game is <laughs> a joke and then the other two the thunder lost so um i mean those things are gonna ha- like sadly those things are gonna happen it's chris true. paul is he is isolation leaning, and he's probably playing. He's really good with, at it. He's probably playing with the with this team with the mindset of I need to prove that I'm the guy. I'm the guy, and that I'm still here. Yeah. Like I can make an impact. So I'm wondering if that's going to play into like I'm going to be a little bit more ISO heavy than I probably normally am. Yeah. Overall, throughout my career, but I I kind of want to watch that play against for because for some reason I do remember just seeing Gallinari just stand at the elbow. Just yeah. Going like, what is he doing? And especially for that lineup that we just mentioned, I'm pretty sure when that play occurred, it was the three guard lineup, and then Gallinari and yeah, that's Adams what, that's inside. Really finished with. Yeah, and and that lineup, I'm I'm fairly certain didn't see any other minutes throughout the beginning of the game. They kind of just threw them in there to finish and close the game. And I think it would have. I don't want to see them start together. Definitely don't want to see that. But I think it would have given them a little bit of help just to get a feel for themselves at some point in the second or third quarter. Give them a few minutes stretch where. It's those three guys, and you kind of try and run some specific actions to get them playing off of each other, uh, just so that when it when they come into that situation and it's those five guys on the court, that it doesn't just evolve into iso ball yep. because Chris Paul might not have had any op- other options, which is which is possible. Well, here's my second of my th- um, of three rants on this podcast. <laughs> so about ending with a three guard lineup, I, I get it from the standpoint of if you're going to coach this team, if you're Billy Donovan and you're looking at your roster and you're thinking, okay, if I'm a fantasy basketball coach, who are my best players? I'm going to put them on the floor. Unless Dennis Schroeder is on and from, from Twitter, from just glancing at the box score, he was not on. Unless he's on, do not close games with him. I know he was probably promised something going into last season, uh, but he was promised something with a completely different team and completely different expectation, completely different makeup. And that's unfortunate. It's not his fault. And he might get screwed if this is the case, if Billy Donovan were to listen to me. But <laughs> unless he's on, which is about one one out of every 15 games where he just – Every three he throws up there just goes in. Um, he's getting to the he's getting to the uh, into the paint, um, hitting his layups, hitting his free throws. Unless he's on, don't close games with him. It just it hampers your offense. He's a net negative on defense. 
Um, he's not going to stretch the floor because he's not a good three-point shooter. To me, that that's bad Billy Donovan. That's Billy Donovan per, like thinking that he's coaching a Russell Westbrook-led team of, I need to put the best players out there because they need to be out there because they're the best players. No, you if... Um, I don't, I don't know if Darius Baisley is giving you better minutes, put him out there. If Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, whoever else, I would have liked Hami in yeah, that situation. You, like keep Hami out there. Dennis Schroeder. I mean, Dennis Schroeder and Hamadou Diallo stretch the floor about the same. In my opinion. I mean, yeah. De- Dennis is a better three point shooter. I'm not stupid, but, um, like, do you get what I'm saying yeah. like, to me? Like, yeah. it just, it's just silly to just think, okay, we've played an entire game accordingly. We've done all these things. We've like been down by 12 in the first quarter, and then we took the lead, and then we lost it, and then we got it back. So now let's just put out a three-guard lineup. To me, that's just silly. Yeah, I, I do think that the three-guard lineup, you know, it, it's good in theory, and I think it's good for certain situations against certain, you know, different looks that the opposing team is going to give you. Um, and I think that coming down the stretch in this situation, uh, Dennis Schroeder was likely put on the floor largely because of you know, he didn't have a great game just from the box score, like you said. There were no particular highlight plays from him. But in, in my opinion, throughout the game, he was doing a better job than either of the other Thunder point guards, Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, of uh, creating and running the offense. Uh, he did a really, really good job of getting downhill and kicking it out, creating looks for like a swing pass for open teammates. Um, he was moving the ball really well. And when he was when he was the point guard, the ball just moved better. Uh, from from what I saw and I think that is part of the reason that Billy Donovan chose to put him on the floor at the end of the game but at at that point like if you're having him on the floor with Chris Paul and with Shea Gilgis Alexander the ball's not going to be in Dennis Schroeder's hand and so if you're going to have him just sitting off ball that completely negates everything that he was giving you in terms of value earlier in the game with his passing and creating and now all of a sudden he's just a negative defensive asset and he's not adding anything that Hamadou Diallo for instance or someone else could add on the offensive end. Yeah, and I'm not saying that if you put Hami out there, the Thunder win this game. I'd, Probably not. And depending on your expectations, whoever's listening, um, I don't know if it's that much more important because there are Thunder fans that were like, great, they lost. They're going to go 0-82. <laughs> they're going to number one overall pick. <sighs> or Thunder fans were pissed off that they lost a game that they very well could have won. And, yeah. again, that speaks to just the talent on this team that everyone is pretty much familiarized with by, the, um, by this point that – yeah, the team's not going to be as good as they were, but they're still pretty damn talented. Um, so with that, let's get right to Steven Adams before the Twitter questions oh because um, my third rant. <laughs> um, so on the last podcast, I told Chisholm that the Thunder would be absolutely stupid if they uh, traded Steven Adams, and I still believe that. I, I think I agreed with that in one of my articles earlier. Yeah, it's um, completely silly for the Thunder unless they get a stupid haul in return, like something like a Paul George SGA haul. Yeah. Of course. He's a he's a franchise cornerstone. Yeah, that's not going to happen, so any anything else is going to be silly. Now, having said that, there are a lot of Thunder fans out there that have the that are of the belief that, okay, he had a three in that first Dallas game. Now he has no Russell Westbrook to basically hold him back offensively. I have been we're, completely we're, propagating this. We are, we are going to see like uh, like a 25 and 15 Steven Adams. I'm sorry. I've never thought he was that type of player. He's just – and I mean this in the most respectful way, but it's going to be sound insulting. He is a he is a pretty passive offensive player when he is down low with the ball in his hands, and it's something as simple as 
when he has the ability to go up strong with it, he goes up soft and would rather get fouled. And he he is of the mentality. He is such a team player. I just don't even think he has it in him to take over a game over and over and over again. And so I, I don't know if we're ever going to see a Steven Adams like run team or run offense or a Steven Adams that can play at a level where he can basically negate guys like Rudy Gobert, like Carl Anthony Towns. It goes beyond him even trying to stretch the floor. I just don't think he's that type of player. He is a very, very, very good player. And like I said, he's a player that I I want the Thunder to hold on to because I think if they're ever going to get back to where they want to be, Steven's going to be very much a part of that. But still, I think tonight is a reminder to everybody of just like check your expectations and check your like mentality when it comes to Steven Adams, at least offensively. Yeah, definitely. I mean – the thing is that in this game especially Steven Adams didn't even really get to the point where he had the opportunity to experiment with the three-point shot or running the fast break or whatever whatever else he wants to do to expand his game because you know he, he's had a very very specific role for a very long time with this team you rebound the ball you set hard screens you defend in the paint and you finish at the rim and he really did not do those things well today uh, it, this was one of the worst Steven Adam games I've I've seen in a while and I, I love I love Big Kiwi his his shot at the free throw line looked terrible yeah it was those last two free throws my, I was watching the game with my dad and at the end of the game he said did he try and miss that on purpose he, I actually thought he tried to miss it on purpose yeah, too and yeah. I and I even for a second was like wait a second like what's the score here like what's the situation because you know sometimes people will miss on purpose Maybe but he thought Russell was like behind him saying hey, miss on purpose. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run in and grab this board <laughs> yeah it was uh, so he finished one of eight from the field and all of those none he wasn't taking jump shots all of those were trying to finish at the rim through Rudy Gobert through Ed davis who's another uh really good big man defender off the bench for the jazz and then one of six from the free throw line including uh, a few crucial ones down the stretch that you know maybe they wouldn't have won the thunder the game and you can't pin the loss on those shots but it it definitely would have given him a better chance and he just uh i don't know he 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 came out and i think passive might be the right word to describe it he he didn't really look uh fully confident in what he's doing from from the very beginning um and it it, it, it happens on the offensive end, especially when you're going up against a guy like Rudy Gobert, the defending defensive player of the year. Um, and it, games like that happen. But what I really was disappointed in uh, was that on the other end, on the defensive end, he really just did not do a great job of locking down in the paint. Uh, Rudy Gobert didn't go off or anything like that. I think he had something like six points. Yeah, and he's not going to. He's no. Like, he, he's... That's just not how their offense is run. No, so that and that's you know it's a minor victory. Like sure, you held Gobert to six points, but that's that's expected. But his help defense, his rotation defense under the rim, trying uh, to get over when Hamidou Diallo or Dennis Schroeder was getting beat by their guy, which happened a lot, especially early in the fourth quarter. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. I almost said Bogdan. Boyan Bogdanovich there's, was getting to there's the rim. Boban and then there's Boyan and yeah. there's all the bows. Yeah. All the bows. Yeah, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, small forward for the Jazz, formerly of the Pacers. He was getting to the rim uh, pretty much at will early on. Donovan Mitchell was doing a good job of penetrating. Even Mike Conley was doing a good job of getting to the paint. He just couldn't finish for the life of him. Yeah. Uh, and, and Adams, I, I was pretty disappointed in terms of uh, 
I, I want to say it was an, it looked to me like it might've even been an effort thing, just, you know, running over and actually getting to the spot that you need to be in to contest. Uh, and it, it just, it just wasn't there tonight. So that's something that it's not, that's not going to be the whole season for Steven Adams. Uh, I don't expect him to play like this every night. I'm not saying we should panic trade him or anything like that, but uh, it was honestly impressive that the Thunder managed to say uh, as close in this game as they did, they had the lead for a good amount with one of their best players playing as poorly as he did. Yeah. I mean, really like in the limited time that I saw, this is game one, but he played like Steven Adams in game 61 where we all sit here and kind of speculate, oh, is he injured? Is he hurt? Yeah. Is he fatigued? Because he doesn't sit out any games, but this is the first game, so a little bit worrisome, but um, something you kind of talked on before we get on to the questions um, with Steven. Um, when I rewatch the game, maybe I might temper my criticisms of him because maybe I'll watch things and go got okay, 11 that, boards that, okay that wasn't his fault because yeah. he's playing like like we've said with a bunch of guys who've never played with each other and a bunch of young guys who don't know what they're doing so Steven's going to have a lot of responsibility a lot of cleanup duty to do where it looks like it's going to be on him but you watch the film and if you have a little bit of an understanding of basketball you'll understand okay that that's not really on him yeah and so like I'll reserve judgment but just from what I've like gathered from this game very disappointing yeah most of those missed defensive assignments you know weren't his it wasn't his fault that the guy got open or that the guy got to the rim but you know uh, he's someone that you expect to be that 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 maybe not dominant but a big time paint defender uh someone who can be your back line of defense if one of your young guys gets beat on the perimeter and he just really really wasn't there so he wasn't adding adding what he normally adds on the defensive end, and then he stacked that on top of just a really poor offensive performance, and it just wasn't a great night for Steven Adams. Uh, it happens he'll get better, but really unfortunate. Didn't end up being a great night for the Thunder, who lost to the Utah Jazz. 100-95, they covered, so yeah. that's good. They had a, they were, they were, Utah Jazz were favored by 11.5 points. That was the biggest spread out of any opening night game uh, in the entire you, NBA. Screw you, Vegas, said Oklahoma City. Yeah, screw them. They will return to Oklahoma City for the Washington Wizards on Friday. But before we go any further, let's jump right into the Twitter questions. And we're going to we're gonna breeze right through these, Connor. All so, right. Uh, let's do it. Uh, Speed let's round. See. Let's see. Thunderbeard at, let's see, Mr. Zipper Ripper. Mr. Zipper Ripper. That's a great <laughs> let, name. Let us see here. Asks, where was the pick and roll between Adams and CP3 tonight? Was Gobert just uh, shutting it down? Seemed as though Adams was standing around a lot. So I'll just really quickly answer this, and then, Connor, I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, based off of that, it sounds like it's a little bit of both. You've got Rudy Gobert, who's the best rim protector in the league, is the defensive player of the year uh, reigning. And then you've got Chris Paul doing his, I'm going to ISO the hell out of this game. So... That's going to take out Stephen Adams on two ends. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Uh, I really would have liked to see a lot more of the pick and roll action between those two. Uh, there really wasn't a lot of pick and roll action overall between any combination of players. Uh, I'm not sure if that was just the style of offense that Billy Donovan was trying to push. A lot of their after timeout plays had off ball screening, uh, trying to get guys open for three point shots, which worked a good amount of the time uh, on out of bounds plays, but. Within the flow of the offense, there was really very little screening. So that, that's a that's a really good question. Um, Rudy was an impact, but also I think that the Thunder did not do a very good job of trying to push that and trying to making that an emphasis of their game. So hopefully, hopefully that changes. New guys, young guys, don't 
they're like the trust is going to come. They're figuring it and out. And while the trust is being worked out, you're probably just going to rely on what you're comfortable with. Yeah. ISO. Yeah. Trying to do it yourself. That's kind of what they fell back on. Uh, and if this is going to be a bad thunder performance, then I mean, you can look at that with a completely and utterly positive spin of wow, if this is a bad thunder performance, like intricately. Then hey, they might win a little, a few more games. Utah's than you, a really good you team. You might otherwise think. Now Utah is probably going through a lot of the same things that we're describing. They've yeah, got Mike a bunch Conley. Of, they've got a bunch of guys that haven't played with each other either. Mike Conley had a terrible game in his own right. So yeah. like the Stephen Adams, Mike Conley thing is kind of a wash. So he went one of sixteen from the field, including multiple wide open three point shots, like yeah. wide wide open. Yikes! It's and like Russell was like defending him in the twenty eleven Western Conference. Simmies. Yeah, something Yikes. like that is is tough night for Mike Conley. Um, Olivia Punchall from Daily Thunder, who was on the podcast with Madison and I down Good in Dallas. friend of the show. Uh, yeah, friend of the show officially. <laughs> Hello, Olivia. Thank you for the uh, question. Um, hopefully I pronounced your last name right because I asked you to pronounce it for me that night. And like I said, I'm a few whiskeys deep, so, you know. I'm sorry. Everybody mispronounces my name. It's all it's all good. Um, Olivia says, "Can I take partial credit for Diallo's career night after somewhat awkwardly calling him out for fouling too much?" <laughs> Let me know. Well, he didn't fix the fouling, but we'll give you credit. The fa- well, <laughs> did those three fouls come like one, two, three, like boom, no, boom, boom. Or, it, it wasn't immediate. Okay. It, it was it was, and the, I didn't even notice it at first. You okay. know, to be well, honest, see, until I looked at the box. Well, score. then shout out to Olivia because she did ask him like a hard hitting question to like she was the last question in that scrum like, and she, she just like straight up asked him like what. I think the question was like, what do you do to like stop the fouling? Yeah. And Hami just was like, uh, hand placement. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I learned you know, a lot he, from he Andre. He was obviously like, I, I don't, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's like if I'm, if I'm at work, if somebody comes up to me, like after I record a podcast and, and said, Brady, you say, um, too, too damn much. It's pathetic. Like, how do you stop saying, um, I would just be like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, shout out Olivia. Great work. Um, friend of the podcast in terms of him being a very loyal listener, Mr. Ben Noble at Ben R Noble one. Hi, ben. Terrence Ferguson usage or lack thereof. I mean, are we ever going to see a lot of Terrence Ferguson usage? I think not. I don't he's think not so. a high usage player. He's just never going to be. Yeah. He's, he's an off ball guy. You know, he's someone who in, in the best case scenario of Terrence Ferguson is a guy that can stretch the floor that can slash and let other people set him up for shots. He's not an isolation player. Um, yeah, he, he and that's part of the issue I think with him being in the starting lineup too. I I really hope that Andre Robertson will make Robertson will make a quick and quick and healthy full recovery uh, in the near future because I think that Ferguson uh, would benefit a lot from coming off the bench with this specific team. That's a that's a that's an area of the team that could use scoring help. Uh, but and Andre this, will certainly help with that. Yeah, yeah. So Andre can fill in and be the defensive-minded presence that they need in the starting lineup, and then Ferguson can move to the bench in an ideal world. But I think that as long as he's in the starting lineup, this is uh, about what you can expect. He's he can get more points, he can get more done uh, in the fast break, trying to get uh, early opportunities in semi transition. Uh, but in terms of half court, he's not going to be the focal point of the offense by any stretch. I don't think. Boom! Thunder chats. What's up? 
Uh, they do a great podcast, by the way. If you um, like a lot of Thunder podcasts and you're listening to ours, then uh, give uh, Topic Thunder a uh, listen as well. Um, in a night where 10 players saw minutes, Burton and Nader were nowhere to be found, news or noise. Chisholm and I kind of talked about this on the last pod. Uh, Deontay didn't get a lot of burn in the preseason, which was a little bit surprising to me. Abdul Nader didn't get a lot of burn either. That wasn't surprising to me. Um, you're playing 10 players on the road. Um, you, like I've said 800 times now, um, a bunch of guys who haven't played with each other. You're trying to build some continuity. You're trying to build some chemistry. The last thing you want to do is throw out another new body out there to try and throw a monkey wrench in that chemistry that you're trying to build. So Deontay Burton playing is going to be, it's going to be down the road. Kind of like it was last year where he made some, he had some spot duty in the middle part of the year. Um, I think Deontay is going to have a place on this team um, at least this season um, at some point. I'm, quest- I'm questionable even on that, to be honest. Well, I'm, questioned, I'm, I'm questioning. Maybe where- once trades go down. Even before then, you think he'll he'll be he'll be in the rotation? I think so. maybe it's just because I like Deontay, yeah, and I want there to be a spot for him. So maybe I'm just seeing something that isn't there. That's but, fair. Um, I, I just think in the early part of the year where Billy's trying to figure out what he can do, what he can rely on. Um, you just don't want to throw out a guy who's inexperienced. Yeah, especially if Deontay, you know, I think they mostly see him uh, as a four. You know, he can he can play a little bit of the wing, but I think they see him more as they want to plug him into that spot, and they're playing already Darius Baisley and Mike Muscala at that position off the bench a little bit. Muscala played maybe a little bit more five tonight. Uh, I didn't come into the game expecting to see either of them. Uh, I think that we could see a little bit more of them in the future, like Brady said, but I think... Uh, in my opinion, it's it's mostly going to be spot minutes is is what I expect, and Abdel Nader uh, maybe maybe not even that at least for at least for a little while. They're still still trying to get it working with all the other guys. Like Brady made some good points. I like that. I typically don't make that many good points. So I'm frankly I'm surprised you said that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you, you need the boost every <laughs> once in a while. Let's see, Colby Powell. Oh, we love Colby Powell. What's up, brother? Um, will Tiger ever play in another tournament that he doesn't win? <laughs> That's that is that is the million dollar question. He's never I'm gonna losing. say I'm gonna say no because I can sense the salt in the uh, tweet here, and I'm going to assume no. I know nothing about golf, but I agree with that. He's never gonna lose ever again. Matt Burton, Matt underscore Burton twenty two, uh, who was producing the same show I talked about earlier with Chisholm Holland and Aaron Davis. Um, he's probably gone by now. Um, how will this DNP for my cousin Deontay Burton affect his campaign with the six man of the year? I'll hang up. Listen, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, he ain't going to be six man of the year. Nah, and neither is anyone your cousin's on cool team. Your cousin's cool though. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Cody McChicken. Why isn't Mike Muscala starting? Because Danilo Gallinari is still on this team. Yeah, Danilo's Danilo's a four at this point in his career. He's not uh, not quite quick enough for them to full, throw him out there as a full time three. He can play that position in a pinch, but. Uh, yeah, put it, putting Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari in the starting lineup together would be a little bit redundant in terms of their skill set, I think. He's he's a little better served coming off the bench. He then mentions that Hami should start at some point. I think that'll be the yeah. case. Yeah. Um, at Westbrook Dagger, uh, is there a good reason why Donovan is still our coach? Because we are going to find out how good or how average or how bad he is this year. Not that a, is why. He is mm, in the final year of his deal. Yeah, he, he's got a contract, so that's why he's here. But uh, not a great sign, in my opinion, from the first game. 
Uh, I like in terms of just the effort that he got out of the guys. You know, they they played hard. They went down and had just a terrible start, and that didn't get into their heads. They came back and cut the lead down really quickly early in the second. But that just, I think that a lot of people blamed Russell Westbrook and Paul George and moving way back Kevin Durant for all the ISO ball that the Thunder have played over the years. And it's starting to look like it's not necessarily a product of the players, and it really might be a product oh, of the I, coach. Oh, I've talked about this before. I, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think it starts with the players. I think it's an organizational thing. Yeah, and, All um, about player empowerment. Th- that's what I've talked about with the whole Shea Gildas Alexander being the face of the franchise. Like Until I see the, a Thunder team play team basketball, I'm going to assume that their best player will basically basically be given the green light to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. So, like, maybe I'll get proven wrong, and I hope so because team basketball is always going to beat hero ball mm-hmm. nine times out of ten unless you're playing Michael Jordan or Kevin Durant or whoever it may be, Russell Westbrook. Um, but those nine times are what matter, and I team basketball is paramount, And but until I see it, I'm just going to assume that it's going to continue on and on and on. There, there were moments where they were good. Uh, like I said, I liked when Dennis Schroeder was leading the charge at point guard. But for overall, for this game, it was not a great sign for uh, for Donovan. Not giving up on him yet, but I just too much ISO, too much. All right, let's see, uh, Michael Huffman. Why did I like watching this Thunder game more than any other game I watched <laughs> last year? Because last year's team was very frustratingly boring. Yeah, this you you didn't know what you were gonna get. I didn't know. I think Brady thought we were going to lose by 40. I'm pretty sure that's what he was. What his opinion uh, was. I thought we were going to win by 20. I told somebody at the collective during the pregame show that I thought the Thunder would lose by like 26. I like so. the first quarter. <laughs> like if the first quarter continued, of course that's, that's probably what happened. That's what would have happened. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm very surprised and happy to see that the team like rebounded and fought and held a lead for quite some time. And it kind of looked like I was like, oh, they're going to like screw around and win this game. Yeah. This was a fun game. Uh, what was it? LaMelo ball. Is he the next one? Uh, he's, I think he's a couple drafts from now. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh no, actually no, he's, he's next year. Oh, well, like, Hey, still in the LaMelo ball sweep. Hey, still there. Screw that up. Still there. Um, at H Martin. And then a lot of numbers, nine Oh seven, seven, five, seven, five, one. Considering Jazz were supposed to wipe the floor with us, do you see positives in a five-point loss? I think, yeah, I think definitely on, like all the positives. So yeah, definitely. There are a lot of positives, but again, um, you're going to have to take a lot of moral victories this year and maybe the next season. And if you're okay with that, cool. If you're playing the long game, then that's great. But it's going to be hard. It, it's definitely, you know, this is a really good Utah team, and you know, if we if we say, well, well, shoot, we we took them to five, like we we could beat a lot of other teams. Yeah, but also the West is just loaded. The Thunder wants Bama. Yeah, they want they want Bama. <laughs> They're ready for them. Uh, yeah, th- I think there's definitely a lot of positives to take. We've touched on most of them, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how this team responds when they play a team that's not as good as them and see if they play down to that level or if they're able to just get a definitive victory. Oh, Russ is gone, so they'll, they won't do that. <laughs> I hope not. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Let's see. Uh, at Eric Van one Eric E to the V. Uh, why on earth would you cover that beautiful head of lettuce on your head? <laughs> Oh, I don't I, think he's talking to me. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing a hat in my Abbey. Uh, how, how often do you switch your Abbey? I feel like I see a new one every other day. Well, some uh, Crimson and Cream machine like sent me this screenshot from Joe Masato, the uh, new beat writer for the Oklahoman. Covers the Thunder, does a great job. Um, and I say that 
you know, he's only on his second day, but he did a great job covering the Sooners, so I'm going to assume he's going to continue He's going to do great. Yeah, well, somebody sent me a screenshot from one of the videos he posted the other day of him talking to Chris Paul, and I'm, like, right up in, against the wall in the scrum. And Just can't pick which picture of yourself you like the best. Well, you got to look. You got to <laughs> – I'm pretending like I'm important and, like, hey, I'm talking to Chris Paul. No, I in, like it. I like I'm it. So, I'm so important. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm all for it. What now, Dad? See, I don't I don't have one of those. I don't even have the option. So, well, I mean, just take, take what you can get. Take a go to a scrum and take a selfie. I People have, have done to. it. I've seen it happen. That's pretty pretty gross, but uh. <laughs> I'm pretty shameless, so I might. <laughs> Tyler Gibbs did Gobert. I always want to say Gobert. Gobert did Gobert shut down Stephen, or did Stephen just have a bad night? Stephen had a bad night. Yeah, Gobert is definitely a big factor in that, you know, especially his first like two or three shots that he tried to force up through Gobert just stuffed him at the rim uh, and he he wasn't he was never comfortable, never comfortable enough to get into a flow or a rhythm. And uh, yeah, but I, I wouldn't say Rudy shut him down. He Steven just did not have a good game. He even even against the defensive player of the year, you should expect a little bit more out of Steven Adams. At Nate underscore 027, Dennis was absolutely horrible tonight, so why did Billy insist on playing him 30-plus minutes in crunch time? Uh, refer to my second rant during the podcast around yeah. the 20- or 25-minute mark. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was absolutely horrible. He wasn't scoring the ball well. He didn't fill up the box score, but but like I said, I, I, I like some of the flashes we saw from him. I just wish he could play some defense. That'd be really nice. That's where we're going to end this one because I've already like almost choked drowned on this podcast had a tough day uh i'm burning up i'm sweating my ass off <laughs> it's only the first game these are going to get more streamlined we've it's not like we haven't been doing these things all off season or even all last season but um one of 82 in the books connor yeah. thank you so much thanks for, for having me no, of course of course and um i'm sure a lot of home games that you're able to go to will have you on with you me and madison so uh love to do this it. thing has three mics so i'm um it'll be easy to do but um everybody if you're still listening thank you so much for you listening. made it <laughs> listening connor did a great job i'm a train wreck tonight but uh oh, come on once again the thunder lose to the utah jazz 100 to 95 career highs from shea gildas alexander um i believe there was something else was there something else of was. note? Was it Hamadou Diallo? He had, or? he had twelve. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think he. That, I don't I d- think that's his career. That's high. not his career high. No, he had a good game. It's probably his some good games, some bad games. Most meaningful twelve points of his career. Sure, he looked those twelve points looked beautiful because he wasn't like the final guy coming off the bench. He was no. actually a rotation player that's there. going to be dependent upon moving forward. So yeah. you've got that, Hami. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC eighty two podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. And everybody, thank you for watching. I don't again, I don't know where I'm going to put this. It might pop up somewhere. It might not. Hi, mom. We will see. Everybody, thank you so much. Y'all have a good rest of your night. Peace.